Hey, hey, hey. What is up, my curious peeps? I am so happy that you are here, ready to listen to another episode of my Curious Life podcast. Now, I'll let you know from now, if you do not have a pen and a paper beside you, you may want to just hop on over, rip out a page of that notebook, get a pen, and get ready to take some notes because this episode is informative, okay? I was highly informed in this episode. (laughs) So I'm excited that you are here to take part in this expansion of knowledge of this topic. But before we go into that, thank you, thank you for coming back again to listen to another episode of my Curious Life podcast. If you're new to this podcast, this is just a platform that I share with my family, friends, people that are doing amazing things, people killing it in the game, and people that I respect for what they're doing. So I wanted to have this platform to discuss different topics that are relevant to my life and hopefully relevant to yours as well. I got a lot of positive feedback on the Money Talks episode. If you have not heard it yet, take a listen to that. Me and my friend Courtney, we kind of break down finances and how we view it, how we think about it in regards to family and friends, and it was pretty thought-provoking. So take a listen to that when you have a chance. Keeping on that little money theme for now, a topic that I hear a lot of people talk about and that I've thought of too is home investing. So purchasing homes, whether it be to rent out or to live in um, for yourself, purchasing a home is a big investment. And actually, last year, I was thinking about doing, I will admit, a drastic, (laughs) a drastic money move um, in order to buy a home. And before I made this move, I was like, I need to talk to someone that really knows money and really knows about purchasing a home. And who I thought of was my friend who I have on this episode. So my friend Cedric, he is well versed in home investments. So I knew that for that particular time, um, when I was thinking about home buying and things like that, I had to reach out to him and just break down my thought process. Now, thankfully, because he's knowledgeable, I um, made the correct choice. <laughs> and I am still renting. However, I still have a lot of questions about home ownership, how to go about it, choosing a realtor, things like that. So I wanted to have him on this episode to kind of dive into that topic with me. So of course, without going too far into this, let's bring on my friend Cedric and break this thing down. So listen in. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. 
how's it going? How's, you know, the whole back into fall kind of thing, swing of things? Um, everything is, um, you know, you have your ups and downs with, with life and outside obligations, but you mm-hmm. just have to learn how to, to manage everything. So overall, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. That's good. That's good. How's it down there? Um, in Virginia, I guess you're close to Virginia Beach. So how is it down there with COVID and everything? Um, actually, the cases were it reduced, and then all of a sudden everything started picking back up. And I mm-hmm. think this is like kind of like the hub spot because it's the the Hampton Roads area um, mm-hmm. tourist spot, especially Virginia Beach. A lot of people from outside areas usually come to Virginia Beach area. Right. So um, most recently, the numbers are creeping back up in this area. Yeah, I feel like numbers are creeping up a lot of places, especially with school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are just like creeping back up. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, you and everyone else. <laughs> we just want to get back to normal. Right, exactly. Um, well, I'm so happy to have you on for this episode. Yeah, but eventually we'll get um and then it's kind of uh, frustrating when they keep saying they're going to come out with a vaccine and then you watch the news and they're saying Johnson & Johnson have paused the the uh, the testing right now because one of the volunteers didn't react well to the medication right. or, or something of that nature. So um, you're just trying to figure out when we'll be to like be back to normal and go to concerts and go to events and stuff without without having to worry about wearing masks and practicing social distancing but um we want to be safe so we're going to follow guidelines yeah no for sure for sure that has to come first definitely um well i'm extremely happy to have you on this episode because i wanted to talk about whole the whole like real estate investment uh topic because i feel like it's relevant for a lot of people who are our age and people are talking about it and things like that. And I know that you are well-versed in it. So I wanted to have you on here to kind of help me sort out this topic. Okay. Um, so I guess we, before we get diving into it, if you want to tell the people, I guess, what you do and how you got interested in it. So, um, do multiple things. So I initially became a real estate investor where I um, saved my money and instead of um, investing in stocks and trading and stuff of that nature, I'd rather um, invest my money into real estate. And um, I got my first property in 2012 <laughs> my 2012 dad, yeah 2012 I, I bought wow. my first house um my dad I was renting an apartment and I think I was paying 905 for a one bedroom apartment <laughs> 905 yeah for one bedroom I mean it's pretty different the the pricing points is different from the further north you go the higher the rent is going to be right yeah right so so you'll be like oh my god I'll pay that any day <laughs> yeah no for sure for sure <laughs> yeah so my dad was like Cedric you need to stop giving your money to the white man <laughs> <laughs> 
And he was like, you better purchase, buy a house and save your money. You know what? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just call a lender and just see what I can get. Um, so hold on. So at that time, this is eight years ago. Mm-hmm. You were like, let me call a lender. Everything was separate. Like you had good credit. You had money in the bank. You had things set up that you felt confident enough to call a lender. So, so a lot of, especially black people, we're, a lot of our parents don't teach us about credit. Right. Um, some are fortunate where they have parents that's financial savvy and then they use them as authorized credit cards and stuff of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. But I wasn't raised in a family that my dad talked about it a lot about making money and got figures and stuff, but he never really sat down to teach me anything. Um, but for some reason, I, even when I was a college student, I always had good habits on, on paying my bills on time. Right. So, and, and not, and I always consistently did that. Like if I'm responsible for certain things, then, I'm obligated to make sure that I pay you on time or to communicate with the lenders and be like, Hey, I I know I owe you on this date, but let me get a, a week extension or something. And they'll work mm-hmm. with me versus reporting anything negative to the credit bureaus. Got it. So at the time when I purchased my first house, um, I, I just finished um, uh, my undergrad year um, and I was going to grad school and I just got my first teaching position um, mm. working at a middle school. And it was funny because I really didn't start yet, but I had the contract in hand. Mm-hmm. So when I called the lender, I'm like, hey, I'm about to start within the next couple of weeks. But here's my contract. Here's my my leasing agreement. Um, yeah. Here's documentation from my rent office. I never missed a payment. They pulled up my credit score and they said, okay, Cedric, we can work with you based wow. on your credit score. And and I've had already some credit cards that I've used and, and paid off on time. And then mm-hmm. based on the premise that I was going to work for this job and I was going to make this amount of money um, at the job. So they was able to give me a house loan. Like in good faith. In good faith based on what I was going to start making. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And I feel like that kind of shows the importance of credit. Um, Because I think a lot of us, you know, even me, like I'm kind of on this fence of, you know, should I have credit because credit is debt. But when it comes to getting these loans and things like that, they're seriously looking at our credit. Yeah. No, and we I, talk. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and I and um, basically, and I I don't think that it's talked about enough in like the black community about building that good credit, you know, as yeah. opposed to just using credit just to buy everything. Yeah. And um. And I tell people, um, like, especially people with kids, um, Mm -hmm. you want your kids to go to school, make good grades, and you judge their performance based on what? Like, what instrument do you use to judge their academic progress, Mm -hmm. Um, which is their report card? Right, right. So I, I tell people, like, 
you want your kids to have good grades on their report card and the report card is equivalent to an adult report i mean credit score mm-hmm. so so in order to to have a good credit score you have to start paying those debts on time and lenders they want you to have something on your credit report is an indication how well you do you do paying back a loan over x amount of uh time period um and generally Um, Wait, yeah. Cedric, Cedric, you cut out when you said and generally. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what I was, what I was talking about, what, what part I was talking about, but mm-hmm. I was saying um, for the most part, credit, uh, like lenders, they look for established credit, whether mm-hmm. you have like revolving credit where it's like store credit with a Macy's car or, mm-hmm. or, or um, a furniture car, but they want to see that you're able to pay, consistently pay those monthly expenses for at least six months. Right. Um, it's a habit where some people, they, they obtain credit um, through a store um, credit account and they aggressively pay that car off within two or three months. Mm-hmm. But it has to be, at least six months reflecting on your credit report in order for it to hold any type of weight. Interesting. Yeah. Uh- so, so for people, cause I know like I got a car like a few years ago and then because the interest rate on the car was so high, I paid it off like within 11 months, but there was still that six months that I was paying it, but I, I was hearing conflicting arguments of like you know don't pay it off because you want to show that you're still paying and then there's others that are like well you need to pay it off because the interest rate is terrible yeah so what you what you you can do multiple things um you can pay it off for like six months Mm -hmm. and 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 work on all the other stuff that's on your credit a lot of times credit um, is based on like your your debt to income ratio, like um, okay. how much yeah. if you got a lot of high balances on your existing credit cards, and that can determine like your interest rates. Um, if you right. have like several other credit cards and they're like maxed out, and when they're maxed out, when those um, lenders, um, whether it's for uh, a car loan or anything of that nature. They, they might do a hard pull or a soft pull. And mm-hmm. if they see a lot of balances on your credit that um, are, are, are maxed out or over that 20% balance, then mm-hmm. that can affect your credit. So right. in your case, either you could have waited like six months and then refinance Got it. And, and try to find another lender that will offer you term with the lower interest rate or Got it. if you want to pay it off within uh you said 11 that's fine but just try to find something else that you can add to your credit account mm-hmm. um 
to compensate for you paying off that car loan because a lot of times what a lot of people fail to realize is when you have like something like a house or a car or something of that nature when you pay it off people mm -hmm. are like, oh, okay my credit score about to increase and then you pay it off and a month later once the the new cycle rolls around and you get your new credit report people are like what my score dropped 20 points yeah, yeah. yeah and that's what yeah. happens because yeah. you don't that was like a, a a major item that was on your credit report and that was that mm -hmm. was um strengthening your credit report because when people mm -hmm. look at your your uh credit they were like okay well she's paying her car off one time and that's good yeah. um so yeah it, it's it's a algorithm that sometimes is confusing for people Mm -hmm. Um, especially when people use the, um, the free mon credit monitoring, uh, softwares like credit karma or, right, or right. stuff like that. And then they contact the lender and they'd be like, hold on, on my credit karma score, I had a 720. But then when I mm -hmm. contact a mortgage lender, they talking about, I got a, a 580, like what's the discrepancy? Mm -hmm. there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and Sometimes I wonder too, you know, when you're going for these loans, because there is that discrepancy, which are they, are they looking at both or are they, cause there's what trans, is it TransUnion? Yeah. So it just depends. Um, if you're going for a car loan, um, mm -hmm. whatever financing you're doing, they, they may just pull one credit report. Um, Got for, it. What about for, for a home? home? It's different. Um, you, I don't know if you pay close attention, but it's different types of FICO scores. You have FICOs 3, FICO 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Some of the, the FICO scores that you see with your, your, your bank, your, your lending mm -hmm. um, institution that's free, a lot of times mm -hmm. that's like consumer credit. Consumer credit is like if you're trying to get a, a bank loan, a personal loan mm -hmm. or for a car or something of that nature, um, just a consumer credit. Then you have your auto loan that they specifically mm -hmm. use for like how well that you'll make these car payments. And then you have your FICO three score, which they use for like mortgage lending. So, mm -hmm. and I tell people like, if you're trying to, if you want like an accurate score before you contact a bank, um, to invest in a MyFICO account. Uh, MyFICO account, it gives you all the different FICO models. And then it also, Interesting. And then it also okay. shows you the, the MyFICO 3 model, which is for home purchases. And they'll give you examples. Like if you're looking at the MyFICO 8, they'll tell you what that particular score um, it's good for if you look at the, okay. the FICO three, it'll tell you that most majority mortgage companies pull your score from this one. And then Got based it. on that, what mortgage companies do, they take all three credit scores from, I mean, from all three credit bureaus and then, okay. and then they take okay. your middle score and then that's what they're yep. going to build your loan around. So Interesting. If you have, uh, between all three of them, you have a 680, a 720, and a 750 within the three mm -hmm. credit bureaus. They go take that 720 credit score 
And that's what they're going to mm-hmm. use for your interest rates and to, to create your loan based off that middle credit score. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. So they're looking at all three, but taking the middle, not even like an average. But yeah, not an middle. average. They just take the middle, your middle credit score. Very interesting. Um, all right. So I've been wondering, um, and I'm hoping that you can kind of give us an understanding, a, a, I guess, concise understanding, because I know there's a lot, but what are the pros and cons to renting versus purchasing a home? Okay. Um, with the major pros and cons with renting versus purchasing, um, when you rent an apartment or a house, um, a major difference is if anything happens um, in that apartment, such as the refrigerator broke or the stove is not working or mm-hmm. the the air is not working efficiently, you can call the property management company and they can send a maintenance person down to your unit to replace it. And, mm-hmm. nine, and nine times out of 10, it'd be free of charge. A lot of times it depends on what they have in your leasing agreement. Um, in addition, uh, a lot of times you don't have to worry about maintenance. Um, if you stay in a large sub uh, apartment complex, they will have a maintenance crew to come out Right. To do your, your front yard and stuff of that nature. Um, and you're only in it for a year or six months. So it's nothing long-term. It's not a long-term commitment versus mm-hmm. purchasing a house. On right. The, on the flip side, if you invest in a house, um, it's riskier, um, but it's rewarding at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything breaks and your house that you just purchased, unlike an apartment complex, that's going to be an expense that you have to pay. Right. Um, I know when I first bought my house, um, my furnace gave out within the first year. Yikes. Yeah, I had a, um, I had a home warranty. So they, they covered um, a, a great portion of it, but I still had to pay the deductible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's required, it's necessary for you to have... Um, those rainy day funds um right just in case anything happens another perk of owning a home is you get to write a lot of things off sometimes you want to do upgrades you want to do brand new energy efficient windows or um i know solar panels are popular in certain areas um if you receive a lot of sunlight um they have huge tax credits that you will receive um when you complete your taxes in addition, um, every month you pay your mortgage, mm-hmm. um, taxes, insurance, and stuff of that nature are included in that one payment. And when you pay your personal property taxes for X amount of months, when you complete your tax, uh, do your taxes or have a CPA complete your taxes, the mortgage company is going to send you a tax form saying that, hey, I paid this much money in my property taxes and then you'll receive credit back for tax purposes. Got it. Yeah. So there's a lot of tax benefits from mm-hmm. owning a home that you mm-hmm. can't really obtain when you rent an apartment or a house. Yeah. It's you had mentioned that with a home, you have more of this long-term commitment. You do. And what would you advise, or is there like some kind of rule? Because I've wondered this, when you purchase a home, 
should you live in that home for X amount of time before you think of selling it? Or can you move into some place and it's fine if you leave in six months versus two years? So if, if you own a home, um, it just depends on what strategy that you're trying to um, incorporate. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you stay in a house for two years, it can be beneficial for you for tax purposes if you want to sell your house after two years. Because if you stay in your house for two years and you go to sell it, say, for instance, hypothetically speaking, you bought a house for 200000 Mm-hmm. you stay in it for two years and now the way the house market is now property values are appreciating at a substantial rate so mm-hmm. now two years from the day you purchase it your house is worth two hundred and eighty thousand dollars yeah so if since you lived in the house for two years they have it's called a two five um tax rule mm-hmm. where since you stayed in the house for two years then any income earned from the sale of your house mm-hmm. you don't have they the government is not going to tax that extra money that you made from selling your house really correct however if you only stayed in the house for one year and then you try to sell it then they're going to tax all the extra money that you made from the sale of the house so the eighty thousand they would tax yeah um they will they will tax that um, that money Whereas if you stayed in the house for two years, then the two five tax rule, you will be exempt from from them taxing the money that you earn from the the, per, the sale of the house. Interesting. So anything earlier than two years, you would get taxed on the profit, essentially. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, they do have what you could do. Um, is loopholes and everything. Um. Mm-hmm. So what you could do if you don't stay in the house for two years and you make fifty or eighty thousand dollars in profit from the sale of the house, hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. um, they have like a ten thirty one tax exchange. Okay. And so, what is that? So you can sell your house after the first year, but instead of the money coming to your pocket, you put your money in a special account. And with the money sitting there, you have, I I believe it's about two months to purchase another house that is similar Mm -hmm. to the house that you just sold. And that money that you earned from the previous house sale, it has to go to directly towards that new purchase. And then you will be exempt from taxes um, and you can roll them over um, as long as you complete the 1031 tax exchange program wow that i that's the thing about like these purchase these purchases and you know going to buy a home there's all these different like things that you're just like i did not know this yeah it's it it can get complicated man it can like especially when you start talking to builders um they'll tell you how you can put your money in trust accounts and then mm-hmm. hold it for 10 years and then you can be exempt from taxes and stuff of that mm-hmm. nature. I mean, real estate, it's it's so many different ways that you can that you can dive into. Right. But you just have to focus on one area because there's so much 
that right. you're gonna you're gonna be stressed out trying to learn every single thing about it. So that's why I tell people like if you want to do wholesale deals, if you want to flip or depending on what type of real estate strategy you want to do, just focus on one and just specialize in it and make that mm-hmm. your niche. Mm-hmm. So would you say that you're specialized, you're, you are specialized in flipping? No. Well, I, I, I never really flipped anything right now. What I, mm-hmm. I have done is I invested in a person that was uh, doing a flip. Mm-hmm. So what he did, he was like, hey, Cedric, if um, if you invest X amount of dollars, then I'll give you $3,000 back in return on the sale of the house. Mm. So he wrote, we drafted a promissory note that I promised to invest this amount. And then once he sell the house that he's flipping, he's going to give me my money back plus an additional $3,000 back from my investment. You're in, and you're investing in home itself. Well, I'm investing into his fund that he's going to use. Into his fund, okay. It's his funds that he's going to use to use for renovating the the house that he already purchased. I think he mm-hmm. just needed some renovation money. Got it. And he Got crunched it. the numbers, and he knew that he was going to make a substantial amount of money, and. Mm-hmm. He was able to pay me that amount of money. So what I do, um, I do buy and hold strategy. Mm-hmm. So I'll buy a house. And if it needs any type of upgrades or renovations, I'll make sure I try to do all the work that's required. And yeah. then when you do a mortgage loan, the bank only requires you to live in the house for one year. And then after that, I move to another house and then rent the previous house out that I purchased. And once I rent it out, the bank can use that as like, okay, well, that's not a liability anymore because he has a tenant that lives there mm-hmm. and the tenant is paying him X amount of dollars over his mortgage. So mm-hmm. we feel comfortable mm-hmm. with loaning him money again mm-hmm. to obtain another property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause you have secure income coming in from that. Previous exactly. Month. So I just do that. I've been doing that for the past three years. So the most recent project was I bought a townhouse in Hampton in April and I mm-hmm. stayed in it for a year, then rented that one out. And then I purchased a duplex in Portsmouth and I renovated mm-hmm. this one out and I'm going to stay in it until uh, probably February or March. And instead yeah. of doing a duplex, I'm going to do a quad, a four-unit apartment. Mm-hmm. So my strategy is to constantly try to imp- get a larger property every year. Yeah. And a- until I can have that that passive income where I can try to invest in whatever I feel like the numbers work for me. Yeah. No, that That's exciting. Like, I feel like you thinking about what you've accomplished in real estate investments it's just kind of like you're on the right track and it's exciting it's it's amazing man uh the i was just talking to a lady and she said she bought a house for eighty thousand dollars her husband her and her husband put fifty thousand dollars into it and this was last Mm -hmm. year and she Mm -hmm. said that they already have a hundred thousand dollars in equity 
So it's so easy if you look at the numbers and and Mm -hmm. and and you keep reviewing those numbers to make sure that they make sense to you. Um, yeah. And you can gain so much wealth through real estate. And uh, even yeah. now with the duplex, I paid one forty two, and I put $90,000 into it. And just yeah. doing the comps from the, the most recent home sales, like the house is definitely worth over 350000 Wow. So I gained instant equity. And listen, with that equity, um, you can do a cash out refinance. And, mm, and okay. the way a cash out refinance it works is okay, I bought it for 142 and I used the bank money to do the renovations of ninety thousand dollars. So I'm in like two hundred and thirty-five thousand <coughs> two forty, mm-hmm. give or take. And now that the house is worth about three fifty, I can tell a bank like, "Hey, I want you to refinance my mortgage loan from two thirty five to refinance it to a thirty year three hundred and fifty thousand dollar loan," and I want to mm-hmm. get the difference. And you want to get the oh. and then I take the difference and then I reinvest it into another rental pro- uh, another property. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that sounds like it's so, and we've had conversations before about money and purchasing and stuff like that. And I think people are nervous for some Mm -hmm. reason. I've been nervous about taking that first step. Um, So what would you say that first step is when you're thinking about, okay, I want to jump into this real estate investment um, thing, kind of like what you're doing, Mm -hmm. right? What's the first step? The first step is to to know what you want. Um, I I think so many people have different ambitions and dreams and stuff of that nature. And and some people like have entrepreneurial mindsets and what Mm -hmm. real estate and I tell them like whatever that you want to do it can help you achieve so much um Mm -hmm. and you just have to take that first step um and I think that's the biggest thing is people are afraid they just don't know but yeah you you need a blueprint you need a roadmap it's about taking chances even when you try to find a job that you're that you're passionate about I mean, you're not going to be mm-hmm. afraid to put in an application. You put in an application and you can possibly get that interview. And mm-hmm. the only thing they're going to tell you is if you got the job or what they're looking for in a candidate. And if they tell you mm-hmm. that they're looking for this, this, and this, you can go back to the drawing board and you can take some additional classes and stuff. And then you can mm-hmm. go back to that job and you be like, listen, I got this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay you good to go. Now we want to bring you on board. And with yeah. the lender, it's the same concept. Just go and just mm-hmm. take a chance and see what they tell you or what they can approve mm-hmm. you for. The, mm-hmm. the, the only thing that they can tell you is like, hey, I looked at your, your credit report and mm-hmm. in order for us to give you a mortgage loan, you have to do this, this, and this. And that's your blueprint. And once and once yeah. you know what you have to do, 
then you can go ahead and start making the necessary sacrifices that you need to make in order to achieve your goal of purchasing a home. Sometimes it's reducing the amount of times that you're going out to eat. Sometimes you have to reduce the amount of times that you take a vacation. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to put yourself on a budget from doing so much online shopping. And I I think a lot of times, um, especially with everyone being home, uh, those Mm -hmm. small purchases, they add up. They add up, definitely. In one of those financial apps, I know I I use Mint. Um, They Mm -hmm. also have apps like Truebill where it crunches all the numbers from all your accounts or whatever bills and stuff that you put in the program. And you really get to see what you're spending your money on. So you'll be like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I spent $200. I I, I spent $300 last month going out to eat, or I spent Mm -hmm. X amount of dollars on going to the movies, or I spent X amount of dollars on hair care products. So you have to figure out your monthly expenses. And you, yeah, yeah, then crucial. you have to look at those numbers and crunch them down so you can figure mm-hmm. out ways to save more money. Um, and I think a lot of people get discouraged because um, they feel like they got to put so much money down for, for a yeah. house. But as yeah. a first time home buyer, uh, lenders, they have so many programs designated for first time home buyers where Mm -hmm. it can be a situation where you don't have to put any money down and you just have to pay a small portion of the, I mean, you just have to pay a small portion of the closing costs. So Mm -hmm. you never know until you, you talk to a person that specialized in that area. Right. Yeah. mm -hmm. No, I was going to say you brought up a good point of, you know, there's all these programs and um, different ways that we can take advantage of being first home buyers. And I, I wonder, and we've talked about this, but like when you talk to a real estate agent and you are a first home buyer, are there particular questions, like as I think about it, are there particular questions that I need to be thinking about to ask this realtor? Or um, is everyone the same for for first time home buyers? You know, like should we be targeting specific realtors? Um, I think a lot of realtors um, are pretty knowledgeable um, mm-hmm. about working with different clientels. Um, I think that the if you're an investor working with a realtor, then you have to ask the realtor specific questions because all real estate agents are not investors. So sometimes Mm. if a real estate agent is working with an investor, sometimes what they're asking for, or if they asking for them to crunch certain numbers that can go over their head. Um, The -hmm. real estate agent, their only job is just to try to find a house that fit your specification, your needs in the area and the market that you desire. Um, All the Mm -hmm. financing, um, that will be dealt with through the lender. The lender will have those special programs. Um, sometimes Got it. you may have real estate agents that have taken courses that was offered by different programs or mortgage companies um, that actually specifically cater to first-time home buyers. So when you talk to that real estate agent, they may have more knowledge on different programs 
versus mm-hmm. someone that may have not taken those additional courses um, with the, the mortgage companies that specialize in first-time home buyers. Got yeah. it. Um, what about if, because I have, I always tell people, because living in Toronto is very yeah. expensive, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned before, when you're down south, it's much more cost effective than when you live up north. And sometimes your wages will reflect that as well. But is it difficult to do investment from a different state or country? Um, Like if I wanted to buy a home, because I can get much more for my money in Orlando, (laughs) right? Versus DC. So if I was to invest in a home in um orlando is that uh difficult out of state like so how, does that how it work? works is the lender are the lender is offering you the finances um so they're going to ask mm-hmm. you specific questions to try to figure out what 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 are your plans um and the first mm-hmm. question that you're going to ask you do you plan to live in the house or do you plan to use it as a rental property and Got depending it. on how you answer that question, that is how they're going to structure the loan. And that's going to determine okay. your down payment, how much you're going to be required to pay up front. Um, so if, okay. if you are planning to live in the house, and then you'll only be required to pay either between 3% and 5% down payment. If you use it as an investment property, uh, then you're going to be required to pay 20% as a down payment, mm. including the closing cost expenses okay. and stuff of that nature. I mean, but the crazy thing now okay. is a lot of people <laughs> are working from home. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can get your lender to, if you can get your employer to be like, hey, they live here, mm. but they can actually uh work from anywhere they can live anywhere so you can essentially yes. <laughs> say like hey i'm moving to florida <laughs> and ask your and ask, ask your, your job, job for, for a letter, letter. <laughs> so it's loopholes around things but yeah. the, the the main thing to answer your question yes you can live and um you can live in uh Orlando, Florida, and then invest in California or so forth. But they're going to ask you that question. Do you Mm -hmm. plan on living in it or are you going to use it as a rental? Yeah. Right. And, and your lender, you're still talking to your lender locally. Like it doesn't matter where you get the Um, the lender. It depends on what bank you're using. If it's a, if it's a local bank or it's like a huge, um, uh, lender that's across all the the whole country and this is a small local bank then majority of the times they may operate in just the specific area or they may only loan Mm -hmm. you financing through that state yeah got it got it okay um wow this has been extremely (laughs) informative (laughs) Um, so before we wrap up, I want you to tell the people 
where they can find you, um, whether it's online, on social media, things like that, just in case someone has more questions. I know I have more questions, but just because of time, I can't ask them, but um, how they can find um, you. I do have a, uh, a Instagram page. Uh, it's at Cedric Green Real Estate. Um, it's spelled at S-E-D-E-R-I-C-K. G-R-E-E-N real estate. Um, my also personal page, which I post a lot of uh, information is uh, at S dot D-O-T green G-R-E-E-N 87. Um, I'm actually a real estate agent and an investor in the Hampton Roads area. Um, but what's unique about being an agent is even though I'm not where you're looking for a property to buy or sell. Um, it's an interesting thing. We do referral fees. So in my network, I can always find somebody in your area that can assist you with your real estate needs. So whether you're here mm. in Virginia or you're in another state, even if you're interested, you can reach out to me and you can say, hey, Cedric, I'm trying to purchase a house in California, I'm trying to purchase a house in uh, uh, Connecticut, Boston, or anywhere in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I can be able to refer mm -hmm. someone from my network to assist you. And it can help benefit me all at the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, like, you have a lot of knowledge. So I would trust you to suggest someone yeah. that has a lot of knowledge, too. So if anyone is looking out there and needs someone to kind of guide them, I would say reach out to Cedric. Definitely. Um, no thanks so much for being on this episode. I truly appreciate it. We're probably going to have to do like another one down the road. Maybe when I'm like okay, fully okay. in the market, <laughs> we can do an update. But thanks so much. And right, uh, no problem. we'll thanks talk soon. for having me. All righty. Sorry, just give me a second while I finish writing these little notes here. <laughs> Man, Cedric dropped so much information in this. There are so many things that go into home buying that I'm not aware of. And I know a lot of people aren't aware of. There are so many programs, so many things and loopholes that can help us make this purchasing and this investment work in our favor. I really hope that you liked that episode and that you took something to research more or if you have more questions, you know, something to bring to your realtor if you're working with one or to follow up with Cedric and to see if you can get more clarity on that. One thing that I take away from that is you know, sometimes it's really hard in home investments to take that first step. I know that I can say that from personal um, experience, but I like the fact or this this suggestion of, you know, seeing where you are, seeing where what you need to accomplish and what you need to do, and then just hitting the ground and getting that stuff done. I feel like a lot of times we can kind of sit in this like, I wonder if I'm ready. I wonder if I have enough money. I wonder if I will choose the right person. And just kind of like take a step in. 
and see where you are, get that baseline, regroup, do your research, and then move forward. I think that that was really reassuring to just kind of say, you know, we in this. Just take one step in and we'll get the information that we need to take the second step in. (laughs) I truly hope that you enjoyed that episode. Um, Let me know what you think. Always happy to hear your feedback. If you have any topics that you want me to cover, let me know. Season two is pretty much full, but you know, you never know. I could squeeze something in there. Or if you want to be on the podcast, let me know. I had people hit me up and guess what? They're on season two. So I'm so excited for the interaction and the positivity that you guys send my way. So keep it coming. A girl appreciates it. (laughs) And we will talk soon. So as usual, stay safe and stay sane. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.